0: Yo, what you trying to get into tonight, man?
1: Uh, I don't know, man. I I just thought we were chilling. Are you trying to do something?
0: Mm, Well, you know me. I'm kind of an active, productive stoner. Uh, we got the whole world at our fingertips, bro.
1: Alright. What you got in that stony mind of yours? (laughs)
0: Let me tell you:
1: Stoner, buddy! Stoner Buddies, I'm interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast to present this creepy one year anniversary Halloween episode. <laughs> it is around this time last year that Brian and JC decided to start this podcast, so we'd like to celebrate. <laughs> On this episode, Brian talks about the Dia de Muertos tradition and later talk with a couple of sisters from Austin, Texas who are obsessed with the paranormal The Paranormal putas. <laughs> but first, some
0: cannabis news from Nevada, from California, and beyond <laughs> Okay, do you, do you have to do the creepy laugh after every sentence? Well, why not? It's what I do. It's what you hired me for, isn't it? Uh, I didn't hire you. You just kind of came out of the closet there, out of the darkness, and just started talking for me. Well, it's what I do, so you're going to have to let me do what I do. Okay. Uh, Can I go ahead and take over now? Yeah, fine. Go ahead and take over, you freaking freak. Well, well, thank you for that. Welcome, Stoner Buddies. Uh, This is my one-year anniversary episode. Like my homeboy over here just said, we started this podcast around Halloween last year, and our first episode was based on Day of the Dead. So I'd like to go back and not only talk about Day of the Dead, but the Halloween origins, how this all started, um, how it inspired Dia de los Muertos, if at all. Halloween is a holiday celebrated each year on October 31. The tradition originated with the ancient... Celtic festival of Samain, when uh, people would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. So they, they wore these costumes to scare them off, not to attract them. In the 8th century, Pope Gregory III designated November 1st as a time to honor all saints. All Saints Day incorporated some of the traditions of Samhain. The evening before was known as All Hallows' Eve, and later Halloween. Over time, Halloween evolved into a day of activities that we have today, like trick-or-treating for candy, carving jack-o'-lanterns, festive gatherings, donning costumes, eating treats, uh, and even more so with the Halloween mazes. And, you know, it just gets so over the top nowadays. Now, the Celts who lived 2,000 years ago, mostly in the area that is now Ireland, the UK, and northern France, celebrated their new year on November 1st. This day marked the end of summer and the harvest, and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death. The Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. On the night of October 31st they celebrated Samhain when it was believed that the ghosts of the dead returned to earth. In addition to causing trouble and damaging crops, Celts thought that the presence of the otherworldly spirits made it easier for the druids or Celtic priests to make predictions about the future. For a people entirely dependent on the volatile natural world, these prophecies were an important source of comfort during the long dark winter. To commemorate the event, druids built huge sacred bonfires where the people gathered to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the Celtic deities. During the celebration, the Celts wore costumes, typically consisting of animal heads and skins, and attempted to tell each other's fortunes. That isn't scary enough. I mean, imagine us just walking around with animal heads and skins, and these are not masks. These are actual animal heads. Pretty creepy. When the celebrations were over, they relit their hearth fires, which they had extinguished earlier that evening. When the celebration was over, they relit their hearth fires, which they had extinguished earlier that evening from the sacred bonfire to help protect them during the coming winter. By 43 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered the majority of Celtic territory. In the course of the 400 years that they ruled the Celtic lands, two festivals of Roman origin were combined with the traditional Celtic celebrations of Saman. The first was Feralia, a day in October when the Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. Sound familiar? And the second was a day to honor Pomona. Uh, Pomona was the Roman goddess of fruit and trees, not the trashy city in California. The symbol of Pomona is the apple, and the incorporation of this celebration into Saman probably explains the tradition of bobbing for apples that is practiced today on Halloween. Or was, I'm not even sure if people even do that anymore. On May 13, 609, this is the year 609 AD, Pope Boniface IV dedicated the Pantheon in Rome in honor of all Christian martyrs, and the Catholic Feast of All Martyrs' Day was established in the Western Church. Pope Gregory Third later expanded the festival to include all saints as well as all martyrs, and moved the observance from May 13th to November 1st. By the 9th century, the influence of Christianity has spread into Celtic lands where it gradually blended with and su- supplanted older Celtic rites. Where it gradually blended with and supplanted older Celtic rites in in 1000 AD, the church made November 2nd All Souls Day, a day to honor the dead. It's starting to sound more and more familiar, isn't it? It's widely believed today that the church was attempting to replace the Celtic festival of the dead with a related church-sanctioned holiday. All Souls Day was celebrated similarly to Saman with big bonfires, parades, and dressing up in costumes as saints, angels, and devils. The All Saints Day celebration was also called All Hallows or All Hallomas. And the night before it, the traditional night of Saman in the Celtic religion began to be called All Hallows' Eve and, eventually, Halloween. Now, Halloween, the way we know it, the celebration of Halloween, was extremely limited in colonial New England because of the rigid Protestant belief systems there. Halloween was much more common in Maryland and the southern colonies. As the beliefs and customs of different European ethnic groups and the American Indians meshed, a distinctly American version of Halloween began to emerge. The first celebrations included play parties, which were public events held to celebrate the harvest and neighbors would share stories of the dead, tell each other's fortunes, or try to, uh, dance and sing, it was a whole big thing. Colonial Halloween festivities also featured the telling of ghost stories and mischief-making of all kinds. By the middle of the 19th century, annual autumn festivities were common, but Halloween was not yet celebrated everywhere in the country. Now, in the second half of the 19th century, So we're talking between 1850 and 1899. America was flooded with new immigrants. These new immigrants, especially the millions of Irish fleeing the Irish potato famine, helped to popularize the celebration of Halloween nationally. Borrowing from the European traditions, Americans began to dress up in costumes and go house to house asking for food or money. Money? The hell? Trigger, trigger change. What? A practice that eventually became today's trick-or-treat tradition. Young women believed that on Halloween, they could divine the name or appearance of their future husband by doing tricks with yarn, apple pairings, or mirrors. There you go ladies, grab those uh, apple pairings and mirrors and yarn and find yourself a man. In the late 1800s, there was a move in America to mold Halloween into a holiday more about community and neighborly get-togethers than about ghosts, pranks, and witchcraft. At the turn of the century, Halloween parties for both children and adults became the most common way to celebrate the day. Parties focused on games, foods of the season, like pumpkin pie, and festive costumes. The parents were encouraged by newspapers and community leaders to take anything frightening or grotesque out of the Halloween celebrations. Because of these efforts, Halloween lost most of its superstitious and religious overtones by the beginning of the 20th century. By the 1920s and 30s, Halloween had become a secular but community-centered holiday, with parades and town-wide Halloween parties as the featured entertainment. Despite the best efforts of many schools and communities, vandalism began to plague some celebrations in many communities during this time. By the 1950s, town leaders had successfully limited vandalism and Halloween had evolved into a holiday directed mainly at the young. Due to the high numbers of young children during the 50s baby boom, parties moved from town civic centers into classrooms or homes where they could be more easily accommodated. So between 1920 and 1950, the centuries-old practice of trick-or-treating was also revived. Trick-or-treating was a relatively inexpensive way for an entire community to share the Halloween celebration. In theory, families could also prevent tricks being played on them by providing the neighborhood children with small treats and there you go a new american tradition was born and it has continued to grow today americans spend an estimated six billion billion with a b annually on halloween decorations costumes candy all that good stuff making it the country's second largest commercial holiday after Yes, you guessed it, Christmas. So you see, this this holiday that we love so much and we party and, and do costumes for, started off really to commemorate the people that have passed the you know all the saints. Um, so it was really religious um, origins to where it is now. It's just a, a big freaking party, which people start to celebrate. At the end of September for some reason to start putting up Halloween decorations in September <laughs> I'm, need, let's not even get started on that but it's a huge huge holiday now and to be honest it's my favorite holiday I love uh, finding new ways to dress up every year um, this year I'm going as Tommy Chung and hopefully my good buddy JC is going to get into that Cheech costume to make a an awesome buddy costume ensemble. So there you go folks, history of Halloween. Uh, do with that what you like. Off to the next topic. Now if we look at the origins of Day of the Dead or Dia de los Muertos, you may have heard um, some of the similar elements about All Saints Day or Halloween and how its origins got started. Uh, the roots of Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, is celebrated in Mexico and among those of Mexican heritage in the United States and around the world, honestly. I mean, I'm not Mexican, but uh, my, my girlfriend is and we all celebrate um, Dia de los Muertos and I unfortunately have a few more loved ones to put onto the ofrenda or the altar this year. Um, if you've been hearing to some of the episodes, you've heard about some of the people that passed in my life and and uh, now I get to remember them as well into in the uh, Day of the Dead festivities. So the way that uh, Day of the Dead started, if you go back some 3,000 years, Um, To the rituals honoring the dead in pre-Columbian Mesoamerica, the Aztecs and other Nahua people living in what is now Central Mexico held a cyclical view of the universe. In other words, they saw the universe as a cycle of life and death. Upon dying, it was believed that a person was to travel to Chicunamitlan, the land of the dead, uh, and only after getting through nine challenging levels, a journey of several years, could the person's soul finally reach Mictlan, the final resting place. In Nawa rituals honoring the dead, traditionally held in August, not November, family members provided food, water, and tools to aid the deceased in this difficult, years-long journey. This is what actually inspired the contemporary Day of the Dead practice in which people leave food or other offerings um, on their loved ones' graves or set them out onto the makeshift altars, uh, also called ofrendas, in their homes. Now, the differences between Day of the Dead and All Souls' Day, okay? In ancient Europe, uh, pagan celebration of the dead also took place in the fall, and this is what we were just talking about. This is All Saints' Day, the bonfires, the dancing, the feasting. In medieval Spain, people would bring wine and pan de animas, spirit bread, to the graves of their loved ones on All Souls Day. They would also cover graves with flowers and light candles to illuminate the dead souls way back to their homes on earth. In the 16th century, Spanish conquistadores brought such traditions with them to the new world, along with a darker view of death influenced by the devastation of the bubonic plague. Fun. So today we now celebrate this holiday on November 1st, And November 2nd and I'll tell you why. Dia de los Muertos is not, as is commonly thought, a Mexican version of Halloween, though the two holidays do share some traditions including costumes and parades. On the Day of the Dead it's believed that the border between the spirit world and the real world dissolve and if you've seen Coco (laughs) you know what this is about. During this brief period the souls of the dead awaken return to the living world to feast, to drink, dance, play music with their loved ones, whatever. In turn, the living family members treat the deceased as honored guests in their celebrations and leave the deceased's favorite foods and other offerings at grave sites or on the ofrendas built in their their homes. The ofrendas can be decorated with candles, bright uh, marigolds called sempasuchil, and red cox combs alongside food like stacks of tortillas and fruit. The most prominent symbols related to the Day of the Dead are calacas, or skeletons, and calaveras, skulls. In the early 20th century, the printer and cartoonist Jose Guadalupe Posada incorporated skeletal figures in his art mocking politicians and commenting on revolutionary politics. His most well-known work, La Calavera Catrina, or Elegant Skull, features a female skeleton adorned with makeup, and dressed in fancy clothes. The 1910 etching was intended as a statement about Mexicans adopting European fashion over their own heritage and traditions. La Calavera Catrina was then adopted as one of the most recognizable day of the dead icons. During the modern day of the dead festivities, people commonly wear skull masks and eat sugar candy molded into the shape of skulls. The pan de animas of All Souls Day rituals in Spain is reflected in Pan de Muerto, the traditional sweet baked good of Day of the Dead celebrations today. You can actually find these commonly now in most uh, Hispanic or Mexican supermarkets um, because it's that widely celebrated. Other food and drink associated with the holiday but consumed year-round as well include spicy dark chocolate and the corn-based drink called uh, Atole. You can wish someone a happy day of the dead by saying, Feliz Dia de los Muertos. And if you get a chance to have some of that uh, atole, or some of that spicy dark chocolate, mmm, mm, you will not be disappointed. What pumpkin spice latte? Get the fuck out of here. So, in conclusion, this year, if you haven't done it, uh, be aware. You know, Dia de, de Muertos is actually celebrated on two days. The, the gates... Those dissolving gates between our world and the other world uh, dissolve at midnight on October 31st with November 1st being El Dia de los Inocentes or the Day of the Children and All Saints Day. November 2nd is All Souls Day or the Day of the Dead. According to tradition, the the gates are opened for the children on November 1st to come visit their families for 24 hours. And on November second, the spirits of adults can do the same. So you have a, a two-day holiday celebration to commemorate your family members, your your deceased loved ones. And I've always thought that was a, an amazing thing to do, um, even not being Mexican. But it's something that I participate in um, every year now. I I've I've celebrated my cousin. Um, for a few years and now I will be able to put a few more um, family members and friends on the ofrenda for us to commemorate and celebrate so it's a really um, Dia de los Muertos to me is like a warm holiday it's not really scary it's something where you are able to at least once a year uh, sit and remember those who have passed I always leave my cousin a bowl of cereal and some milk because that's what he loved to feast on when he would come over. Which my mom now argues and says that it was actually uh, the conchas. I don't remember one day when my cousin stayed over at our house where he was eating conchas. Sorry mom. Frosted flakes and milk it is. So cool. You now have and know the origins of Day of the Dead and Halloween. Boom. On to the next. Welcome to the cannabis news, the stoner news of the episode. Um, One topic that has been recurring in maybe the last few episodes is not the legalization of cannabis, obviously, because it's been legal now, Um, but the uh, cannabis lounge topic here in in Nevada. Now this is a, a bill that was signed into effect by Governor Sislak, I believe back in July. Uh, It was earlier in the summer. uh, And it's only, it's been about five years after recreational marijuana was legalized in Nevada. Pretty soon dispensaries will be allowed to apply for a license to operate a lounge directly attached to their property. So we actually have one dispensary in town, Nubu, which is a dispensary that is tribal-owned by the Paiute tribe. And they actually do have a cannabis lounge, not attached to the business, but inside the actual dispensary. Now, that may be a little different because of the tribal laws, but this is what we are trying to accomplish here in the greater state of Nevada. At the moment, pot is prohibited to be consumed in, in many public spaces, okay? And this bill 341 is going to give people a comfortable place to consume while also boosting tourism. So even though it's been legal, um, since October 1st, actually, uh, is when it was signed in July and it became effective October 1st, but they won't be able to apply for any of these licenses until the spring. So we may not see another lounge or a public lounge like this until maybe late spring, early summer. So we still got a ways to go, but I mean, this is the way that the cannabis industry is moving. Um, I think it's just another step into further um, decriminalizing it or to further squash some of these stigmas that pot is dangerous because it's not, well, at least not enough to, dismiss in something like this, you know, if you can go to a bar and have a beer, why can't you go to a lounge and have a blunt right now? Initially the state will only approve 20 independent lounges and 10 of those must be owned by individually individuals historically affected by drug laws. I'm assuming that means any, any minority that's been um, to prison over, over cannabis or a cannabis offense, Uh, I'm not sure exactly what that means, but that's what it sounds like to me. Aisha Goins, who is the chair of the Cannabis Advisory Committee subcommittee on social equity, diversity and inclusion, says it absolutely is important to say they should have opportunity and the right to be financially stable in this industry. And she's referring to those 10 individuals who, you know, were affected by drug laws. She's making it her mission to bring minority communities into the industry starting with the cannabis lounges she's starting a six-month program called pathway to ownership which i have actually registered for to teach them how to get involved in the cannabis business she says they will learn about financing and about business and how to get a license what the licensing process is for the jurisdiction so they will be taught all of that and at the end they should have a completed application for the consumption lounge program so i like the fact that people out there like aisha goins is is helping the community get involved with the lounges and not only that but she's helping those minorities and those affected by the drug laws to be priority she wants these people for sure to have a say in and uh, that opportunity uh you know to be financially stable in the cannabis industry so hopefully by sometime next summer we'll we'll be podcasting from a cannabis lounge because that sounds like a fucking awesome time the other topic I wanted to talk about is what the state of Nevada um, and some of the other surrounding states uh, have brought in as far as tax revenue related to cannabis sales. Nevada, at the end of the fiscal year, which ends uh, July 31st, I believe. Oh, I take that back. It's, it's from July 1st to June 30th of the following year. So our fiscal year ended June 30th, 2021. In that one year span, the Nevada Cannabis Compliance Board released the data which shows that Nevada sold more than $1 billion in marijuana in one year. $1 $3,467,655 to be exact. That was just in taxable cannabis purchases in the last year. Now, by contrast, Total marijuana sales for the prior 2020 fiscal year amounted to $685 million. So the state nearly hit double of what they sold last year. And I'm not sure if the pandemic has anything to do with that. Because to be honest with you, I think I was consuming a little more than normal during the pandemic. I mean, a lot of us were here at home, didn't have jobs to go to. So naturally, if you're a stoner like me, I'm, I'm going to smoke a little more. <laughs> so it, that's a lot. That's a lot of marijuana over $1 billion. Over a quarter of that came from Clark County alone, which is where Las Vegas resides. And that's not a surprise because Las Vegas is, I think is equipped for cannabis and cannabis tourism, do you you know how many people will come to town and the first thing they want to do is like, Hey, weed's legal. Let's go and buy some pot. I've walked into cannabis dispensaries on the strip or near the strip, and you'll have tourists in there who know nothing um, about the cannabis and really want to try it because they can. So I think again, this is just leading towards a more, um, a wider legalization and it's on the way you know you can see it happening it's just a matter of time as i've i've mentioned before now out of the 1 billion plus tax revenue 10% of that is supposed to be going to support public education so that would that would amount to about 159 million maybe okay now 159 million sounds like a lot of money but when you factor in there's about 500,000 pupils or students in the state of Nevada. When you divide that revenue into the half a million students we have in the state, that's only about $300 per student, which is not a lot, you know? So the only solution to that, and I need your guys' help with this, especially if you're in Nevada, smoke more weed, right? I mean, I want the schools to get more money. And the only way that's going to happen from us is if we smoke more. (laughs) Easy solution. I can definitely get on that right away. (laughs) Now, the governor is also on board with committing to promoting equity and justice in the state's marijuana law. Uh, Last year, for example, he pardoned more than 15,000 people who were convicted for low-level cannabis possession. Uh, That action was made possible under a resolution the governor introduced that was unanimously approved by the state's board of pardons uh, commissioners. So they, again, another step into legalization and decriminalization. Now, that's in Nevada. Meanwhile, uh, states across the U.S. have been touting marijuana sales and the resulting tax revenues as markets continue to mature. For example, Illinois marijuana retailers have sold nearly $1 billion worth of legal recreational cannabis products so far in 2021. Maine broke another marijuana sales record for recreational marijuana, exceeding $10 million for the first time since the adult use market launched in October of last year. Arizona brought in about $21 million in medical and adult-use marijuana tax revenue in July, and California, our neighbors over here, collected about $817 million in adult-use marijuana tax revenue during the 2020-2021 fiscal year. That's 55% more cannabis earnings for state coffers than was generated in the prior fiscal year. A recent scientific analysis of sales data in Alaska, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington state found that marijuana purchases have increased more during COVID-19 pandemic than in the previous two years. See, now that sounds about right to me, because that's what I experienced (laughs) personally. I definitely had an increase of purchase and consumption during COVID-19. In July alone, at least three states saw record-breaking sales for recreational cannabis. And the same goes for Missouri's medical marijuana program. Michigan marijuana sales broke another record in July as well, with more than $171 million in cannabis transactions, according to the data from the state's regulatory body. There were $128 million in adult use sales and 43 million in medical cannabis purchases. Throughout the pandemic, Many states allowed cannabis retailers to remain open. And some jurisdictions issued emergency rules allowing curbside pickup, delivery services, or other more relaxed policies in order to facilitate social distancing. So many governors deemed marijuana dispensaries as essential during the pandemic. And if they had not deemed it essential and we were not able to purchase marijuana during the pandemic... Could you imagine how many grumpy motherfuckers there would be out there? <laughs> um, meanwhile, New York officials are projecting that marijuana tax revenue will help keep the state's budget afloat as cigarette sales continue to decline over the coming years. Can you believe that? It's, it's taking over cigarette sales either the, or cigarettes are just not as uh, popular as they were in the you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, but retail sales have yet to launch as of now. So that was your quick stoner news for the episode. And now, finally, let's head off to our interview with the paranormal bootas. <laughs> Does
2: it sound like we're underwater?
0: Hello. No. That sounds okay. <laughs>
2: Sorry. Sorry, I didn't expect that to answer so quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's great. No, it's perfect. Perfect. Uh, B-sides for the episode later.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: <dear God. laughs> my, my air conditioner makes a loud noise. It's like, wah, 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 wah. And so Leah was
2: like, that's why she said that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so hey, <man. laughs> how's you guys doing?
2: Uh, doing all right today. How, how are you? Yeah,
0: I'm um, good. Good. You know, getting mm. ready for the weekend.
2: Hell
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can already tell this is going to be so much fun. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, so whose birthday was it recently? Leah? It was Bethany's. Bethany's. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, happy birthday again. Thank um, you. La- ladies, thank you so much for joining me. And coming on the show, I'm, I'm super excited to have you both on as guests, um, as I've been a, a longtime fan, I guess you could say, of the, of the paranormal in general, but of the podcast that I just recently discovered. Um, I love the content on your Instagram. Huge fan of Ghost Adventures, as I said. Uh, ask my girlfriend. She's, she's watched. She knows I've watched every season at least three times. At one point, I had the theme song memorized, uh, the old and the new version before we go into any of this stuff tell me tell me about paranormal putas and how this got started why you started the podcast where the name came from all that good stuff are you guys still there hello uh, Hello Hello. Hey.
1: Hey. I'm sorry. I think it was my my phone. Like I don't know. Got tired.
2: <laughs> my internet's fine. <laughs> I said we're talking so up to the paranormal. It was a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you
0: go. Perfect. It was funny because I was I, I was going through that whole intro. I'm like taking my time. I'm like getting everything right, and then I'm like, so how did this all get started?
1: We heard that. And then, that s- part. And
0: then s- oh, did you?
2: Yeah. yeah. At,
0: at that point, I'm like. Uh, you're still... <laughs> so oh, you still? So you guys were So you didn't me?
2: hear anything we said? No, nothing. <laughs> oh fuck! Nothing. Stop it off. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the the tenacious D song where he's talking about the best song ever made? Oh yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) This is this is gonna be the tribute to the best intro ever made because it won't be as good, man. Oh (laughs) Oh, no, it'll be better because we got practice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Shoot, I already got that whole intro done. I'm not doing that again. (laughs) We're just going to pick up from there.
2: That's fine. All right. Do you want me to go? Yeah, you go
1: ahead.
2: Cool. Uh, I know when you start.
1: I'm Leah, right? Okay, yeah. Well, hey, everybody.
2: I'm Leah. (laughs) And I'm Bethany. And we're the Paranormal Putas. And uh, we are a paranormal podcast that uh, releases pretty much weekly. We do a Ghost Adventures review episode where we just kind of kick back, laugh, maybe smoke a little weed and talk some shit about Ghost Adventures and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then we have uh, episodes that are personal paranormal stories that we highlight from people in our community or family members and people like that.
0: Yeah. Right on, right on. Yeah. So are you guys, it's... go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: Oh no, I was going to say you kind of asked about the name um, because I think right. with our name it kind of, I think that's what gets the most response. People see it and they're like, what? <laughs> like,
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it, it makes yeah, I you mean...
2: gasp. Yeah,
1: it makes you gasp
0: or it makes you laugh. <laughs> like, and then you know the the word puta, of course, it, uh-huh. it's a you know yeah. direct translation to "bitch," right? Well,
2: pretty I pretty much or like a whore.
0: whore. Like a whore, <laughs> right, right, right. So
2: you know, I'm, I'm right there with you.
0: I'm gonna be a paranormal puta with it's you guys today because yeah, exactly. I'm all in.
2: <laughs> but that's how we so, tell I mean, people. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and to me, I mean, paranormal boot. that's to me, it sounds like you guys are a couple of little paranormal badass bitches. That's how I see it. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I was like, oh shit, these are some paranormal bitches. Okay.
2: (laughs) Yeah, man, no, that's perfect.
0: I mean, there's there's no way I couldn't have you on on the show with a name (laughs) like that. Um, So I got to ask are you guys smoking anything? for the show for now for this
2: well in the moment i'm not but on the way here i enjoyed a nice bowl of some cherry kush uh so i'm feeling all right man i'm feeling i'm feeling (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: i had some stuff called face on fire Oh um yeah that's what i initially thought i'm like okay but uh if if it was my face on fire let me I must live right next to the fire station because that fire went out quick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no!
0: It was okay. It gave me a nice quick buzz, but you know, nothing crazy it didn't last for, for very long. Oh man, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. I like
1: that yeah. name that face on fire. I'm gonna have to create a playlist called but- Face on Fire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what would be on the playlist? Oh, oh it's shit. gonna be
2: metal for sure lots of probably some face death. melting oh, it's metal,
0: metal. Yeah. it's
2: kind of crazy Bethany just said she was making a Halloween playlist for oh, one yeah. of her friends and uh-huh. the way she described it was it'll melt your face awesome. yeah. <laughs> it's kinda,
0: it's kinda there you crazy. go you're already on down. the right track just keep that yeah. going. Uh, I'll I'll send some tracks over to contribute
1: hell yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome well a lot of the stories that you guys talk about uh, on the podcast I was listening and you know you guys have a lot of um stories from like older generations from your parents um like you know i listened to the episode with your dad and um similarly my mom told me all kinds of stories about her growing up and she grew up in honduras um so she has all these like central american folklore and and crazy ass stories um (laughs) what are like some of the other family legends or leyendas that you've heard from your family
2: Oh, man, I think... What's the some, craziest
0: one you've you've heard uh, of from family?
2: The craziest one? I always think of the one that our mom told us, where her uncle, uh, she was staying at her aunt's house uh, as a young girl, and they apparently had an instance with the Lachusa, and she said that they, it was just being loud all night, this huge bird, and it got to the point where my uncle came outside with a gun, and told the like, yelled at the bird like, "You need to shut the fuck up, or I'm gonna shoot you." Um, and apparently, the next morning, a woman came to their front door and basically thanked my uncle for not shooting her last night. Um, and I thought that story always kind of sticks with me because it's just—I mean, we're talking shapeshifting. It's just a, a eerie story, and then to hear it happen at a location that was so close to our home—it's just that's one that sticks with me for sure. I think all the so, stories stick out yeah. for us. Le, yeah. You
0: said Lachusa? Yeah. yeah. So this it's, is the bird figure that you're talking about?
2: Yeah. Correct, yeah.
0: Uh, okay, so the the lady came to your uncle the next day and thanked him for not shooting her and she was le, the Lachusa?
2: Correct, yeah. yeah. Like Because the night before he was yelling at the bird like, shut up or I'm gonna shoot you um, and then the next morning it was a woman, so that's to me, that's wow. a previous book. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> See, honestly, I, I think this is the first time, and I and I'm I like to go into this kind of stuff, but I feel like this is the first time I've heard of the uh, Lechusa and like it's just she appears as a as a bird figure.
1: Yes, like a yes. big white owl, usually. Right.
0: Oh, um, I, I did hear it, this on. Yeah, okay. Now that you said the white owl, yes, I did hear the this owl. on the podcast. I think your dad mm-hmm. was talking about this one. Yes, yes.
1: yes, he's had some run-ins with it. Leah's friend Leticia had a run in with it. Um, Like, I don't know. It's just something that people have sightings of um, in our neighborhood in the area we grew up in. So that always freaked me out. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And you guys are from Austin, Texas. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, that's crazy. I mean, um, some of the stories my mom would tell me with like, not shape shifting, but it was like creature related. Uh, I remember her telling me a story that. She was on a bus going somewhere, you know, out there on a dirt road. And um, in the middle of this road was, like, a, a donkey, a burro, and it wouldn't move off the road. And they kept honking and honking, and everyone was yelling out the window and stuff. And all of a sudden, she told me something like, the the donkey got on its hind legs and started, like, dancing really creepily. Oh, shit. You, you know, and it's like, what the hell could, could that <laughs> have been?
1: terrifying.
0: Um. Yeah, another another similar story that i heard from your dad that my mom told me was uh, the dangling legs out of the tree Ooh. <laughs> oh man she she came across something like that she said she was coming home from like a nightclub out there and it was late of course and she was coming home with with uh, with a, a date or a boyfriend or something and the the boyfriend was walking her to the to the front of the door, and they both saw these dangling legs uh, right above her door. There was like a sort of like a little tiny roof above their door, and she said that there was a woman sitting dangling legs off of that <laughs> tiny roof. And she said that they just did a about face and got the hell out of there, which oh. is probably <laughs> what I would have done.
1: That's uh, wild.
0: You know what I mean? So it's like crazy to hear these these stories from uh, uh, from the older generations.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Knowing
0: that we're actually going to be those older generations pretty soon and and telling our kids,
1: it's
0: like, damn, I'm going to be a legend pretty soon.
2: (laughs) I'm excited. Yeah,
0: yeah. As a birthday present, one year my girlfriend and I went to uh, Oregon. And if you've seen the, you know, all the episodes for Ghost Adventures, this is going to be a good one. We went out there and (laughs) spent a few days out there. um, And I was looking for stuff to do on, like, Groupon and, like, you know, just anything any, any web pages i can come across and we came across this haunted tour in the middle of downtown and it turned out to be like a a tour but it went underground under the cities and all that stuff and later after the tour was done or towards the end we started realizing like holy shit well me because i was I, i'm the fan but i'm like holy shit <laughs> these are the fucking shanghai tunnels
2: oh my and
0: goodness. After after I realized that, then I started going back and realizing everything else I had seen down there—the the old shoes, the the children's shoes—we were seeing like in dark corners of like all these basements, dirt basements. It was insane. Um, but I've always been into that kind of stuff, you know.
2: Yeah. That Sounds awesome, that's funny. <laughs> <That's pretty. laughs> it's kind of like our goal. We want to visit all the places the guys of Ghost Adventures have visited, so that's really cool to hear. Hell oh, yeah! Have it's you a been to any yet? For sure, it is.
0: Have you been to any of those locations yet?
1: Uh, I guess the ones in San Antonio, the uh, haunted railroad
2: tracks and yeah.
0: the uh, oh, Victoria's
2: yeah. Black Swan Inn, yeah.
0: Oh, nice.
2: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We did a Paranormal Fest out there, so we got to yeah, do our first ever that. little festival at a place that the guys <laughs> investigated. So that was like a real magical moment. Yeah,
0: that's so cool. I mean, I'm just nerding out, just kind of thinking about doing stuff like that, you know,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's so funny. Um, some of the other places out in California that I went to um, was the Queen Mary. I did a ghost mm-hmm. hunt at the Queen Mary.
1: Oh, um,
0: that's That one was pretty freaking crazy um, do you find some I stuff walked,
1: which, yeah
0: i personally did yes i in the pool area is the where i had the two major um encounters um and the pool area there is supposed to be haunted there's no water anymore in the pool um as you take regular day tours they take you down into the pool area and you'll see there's no water in it but um sightings come that you'll see wet footprints coming out of the pool um when i was down there um the the guide that was with us told us that there was, in the changing area of the pool area, there was a vortex. Now, vortex. Uh, do you want to explain what a vortex is, real quick?
1: You want this one? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I'll do it properly. Like, uh, no, it doesn't I,
0: have to be proper. But give it, okay. give it basic.
2: Yeah, just like a, a a space in which spirits kind of come in and out of the right. Our, right. our natural or our physical world yeah kind
0: or of like their a portal room. right yeah. exactly so he tells us there's a vortex in the changing room naturally uh, <laughs> I grab my flashlight and I start <laughs> <laughs> I start walking into the into the changing room so the changing room as you walk in there's one long hallway going down the middle and then on either side of you as you're walking down there are these little changing stalls with no doors it's just basically you you know going in to change and that's it So what I decided to do was walk down the hall into one of the last stalls and I basically just put my back up against the wall. I turned off my flashlight. Um, I forgot what I was asking, you know, at the time, this was, wow, geez, 15, 16 years ago. But I remember um, standing up against the wall and the next thing I felt was, as if I was wearing jeans at the time, And if you can imagine someone grabbing the lower part of your pants like by your shins and just gently, gently pulling forward. So I felt Mm. my pants being pulled to the point where my calf muscle on the back, I can feel the the pants pressing up against it 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 like it was being pulled. Um,
1: That's wild.
0: At that point, I turned the flashlight back on and I just got the hell out of there. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that was enough for me. I mean, yeah. that was my, those are my young days. You know, like, I, my heart can handle that kind of shit. <laughs> 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 that would probably kill me today. <laughs> Real, <laughs> but that's, that's just, you know, that La Parisma mission in Santa Ana California. That was another one. I mm-hmm. used to do missions mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Visited that's a lot cool. of missions in California. And it turns beautiful. out that that was one of the haunted ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's just it's been crazy I mean have you guys in any of the homes you've been in have you had any uh, uh, encounters (laughs) experiences like that like just crazy shit
2: in in every home we've been in (laughs) (laughs) so I think we got a theory now that we're just kind of haunted yeah yeah, yeah. it's just us man so from as early as our childhood uh, I think for me more when I was younger uh, in our childhood home Bethany in the same house had some really kind of glass shattering experience <laughs> <laughs> it, it, did shatter it, glass. it did shatter real glass um and uh but that was old she, she was older but in the same house that we yeah. grew up in So that was 2019 when that shit happened yeah wow. and then even now she's in a different location I'm in a different oh, was location it was it 2018 2019 no it was 2019 yeah oh yeah okay um So, yeah, we we have them from all over. So long answer, yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I remember shit from like, I mean, my very first or earliest memory that I have is probably from like the mid 80s when I was a kid. It's like, I remember this. It was it was the way that you would envision an apparition, right? Like misty um, like that. But it was a skeleton it was like an apparition oh, skeleton and it was up on the wall of our bathroom and the reason well i don't know what the reason was but at that moment i remember i was crying because i didn't want to go to bed and yes. my mom was like you need to go to bed you need to go to bed and i you know i just kept crying and all of a sudden i see the skeleton just like if as if someone was like dangling the skeleton or like if it was shivering Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Is what I saw on the bathroom. And then my mom's like, Ya ves. You know, moms is like, they don't give a fuck. a And that's me. It's like, oh shit, I'm sorry, mom. You know, but it's like young memories like that. Like I've I've had experiences in basically every home except the last two or three that I've been in. Oh wow. And I started thinking about that that today I'm like, wow, almost every home I've been in, I've I've had some kind of experience. And like you said just now, it's like I think it's just me. You know, (laughs) it follows me around or I'm just sensitive to this kind of shit. But it happens a lot.
2: Maybe both. I think it's crazy. You said that skeleton was in the restroom or around the restroom?
0: It was on the door of the restroom. So it was like if someone had just painted it on the door and it was on the door dangling or like shivering.
2: Oh, wow. That's insane. We've had... Yeah, no, that's wild. I I was just going to say, we lived in a house in Round Rock that we saw a devilish figure in the actual, like, wood of the door. Um, And we describe it in one of our episodes. And it was a two-bathroom house. And on one of the restroom doors, you can see what was, like, kind of an impish body. Like, he's kind of, like, moving crazy, but no head. And on the (laughs) other restroom, you could make out a face. So it was, like, one body but separated by two doors it was really weird Whoa, that house was really that, haunted
0: that is insane yeah <laughs> just imagining that is like what the hell but, yeah,
1: it was like you know how you can see like the wood in grains or whatever that's mm-hmm. like it was like in there like you could see like this this figure in there yeah like, like with the wood grain wow weird
0: yeah that's nuts mm-hmm. um <laughs> apparently my mom says I've been I've been carried by a ghost. And Yeah, exactly. She says I was carried by a ghost because we we lived in this home with her, like a roommate, and the roommate's mom. So um, I would share a room with her, with the lady's mom. You know, she was an older lady, like maybe in her 70s or 80s. She was, you know, an elderly lady. Yeah. (laughs) Had separate beds. I would sleep in there, and what happened, what my mom tells me is that one night she, she saw... Um, this lady the the one that you know i was sharing the room with she said she saw her pick me up and then bring me to the room to where she was sleeping my mom what? and I'm like, uh, right and i'm like that's fucking weird and then she said that the next morning she asked the lady why she brought her to me she's like i didn't i didn't bring any i didn't i was sleeping all oh night
1: god. oh my god so
0: i'm like what so <laughs> Yeah, I've been handled by a ghost apparently. <laughs> 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 um, See, that's just that—that's crazy stuff like yeah, that. It's like not just like little, you know. I've had the, the typical whispers here and there. I've had the breath in my ear. Um, I've seen keys start dangling, not like catch them, but the, I actually saw them start dangling on my key hold, my key ring holder on the mm-hmm. wall. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And that same night, I saw a figure run across the hallway from one of the <laughs> bedrooms into the restroom. Never again used that restroom while I was in that house. For real? I was like, nah. That was oh, the first yeah. and only Rest time I've seen a hobby, shadow y'all. figure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. <Rest laughs> is- We've had this conversation before. We've actually kind of dubbed them portal potties um, because we've had so many people come on the show and talk about experiences in or around a restroom. So we kind of have a theory that with all the elements in a restroom, uh, they're great portals. (laughs) Because you've got mirrors and you have water.
0: Mirrors is another one. I've got a giant mirror behind me. It's like I don't ever want to look in it, but it's like Mm -hmm. there.
1: You gotta close it. You gotta do the rituals. Gotta close it. Yeah. Oh, my god. <laughs> close the portal.
0: Yes, please close just those portals. Don't leave them open. Okay, <laughs> just reminded me of the of what your sister was saying about the about the ghost child in the restroom. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, there you go. This is real life. This is real life. Ain't fucking around
0: about these ghosts. Oh my god, that's so funny. Um, I, I just, I honestly, I love. Um, The fact that you guys are so into the paranormal like this, and uh, one (laughs) that you're so into it and and just nerd out on it, two that you're Latinas, because I don't see a whole lot of that. Yeah, Uh, you're not five white guys reporting. Ah! Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
1: As much as we love them, like. Oh, for sure, for
0: sure. I've actually (laughs) run into Jay Jay Wazley here on the strip.
2: Oh, oh my I god, what? what? Yes. <laughs> I kind of wanted to ask cuz I know you're based in Vegas. I'm yeah. like, all right, so like please tell me you've seen them or <laughs> No, I, I
0: marked Jay off of my uh, Ghost Adventure Bingo there. So, that's one <laughs> down and <laughs> four to go
2: few more to go yeah yeah
0: that's,
1: yeah. Awesome. that's badass yeah. jay seems yeah. so cool he seems sensitive it's so <laughs> <But> like, yeah <laughs> so <seems> mellow <laughs> not emotionally like, I was even, maybe emotionally i don't know i, I was <laughs> even like
0: afraid to come up to him it's like hey uh are you jay <laughs> it's like yeah man he's like oh dude can i get a picture with you and he was so cool like re- just like he would be on the show you know it's just really mellow mm, level-headed that's awesome. Yeah, it was it was my uh, favorite ghost adventure moment for sure. Hell yeah! (laughs) (laughs) What is your your favorite ghost adventure episode? Do you have one? I know it's hard. (laughs) No,
2: we kind of talked about this before getting online with you. Like, I can't. I feel like every season has one episode that like changed my fucking life. (laughs) So like, I can't. I can't can't sit here and say I have a favorite. I think right now because well, we're like just a true wrapped- Ghost
0: Adventures <laughs> fan. <laughs> for <laughs> real
2: though, like I ride or die for these fuckers. <laughs> 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 uh, but we just did season three, so I think we got some favorites from season three. Yeah. yeah. Right now my favorite is Povalia Island. Um that oh, one just yeah.
1: had like a lot of fun shit happening.
0: That's where yeah. he's yeah. wearing the mask. He's like Doctor. Like trying to talk Italian. <laughs> yeah, no, it's
2: looking yeah, insane, it was, man. That good. mask is that medicine mask is scary enough, uh-huh. and I really liked uh, the <laughs> the is it Linda Vista Hospital in L.A. Linda
0: Vista, yeah.
2: Dude, that episode was brutal. <laughs> like, they got Any some really hospital, good evidence.
0: Yeah, sanatorium or you know reformatory. Yeah. They're always like the best ones. But I think um, what's the one where they went to Ireland and they ran into like a succubus, and then the witch came. Dude, you know what I'm talking about?
2: Ancient Ramen Season Two. Yes, perfect. <laughs> where they and meet Lady Black Snake, yes, and she's a crazy and... fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. She's nuts, and they keep bringing her back. That's the crazy that, thing. And every so she, time you we know see... that
0: she knows her shit. If if they keep bringing her back.
2: Oh, exactly. Every time we see Lady Snake, we're like, oh, this is gonna be crazy. She she's never
0: <laughs> I you know, honestly, I feel like that's one of my favorite, and like you said, I can't I can't pick just one, but one of my definitely favorite that's like that sticks out because in that episode, there was so much growling <laughs> that it's like you know you can you can hear I mean you can you can see things, but when you're not able to see something and all you hear is growling in the background, it's it's terrifying.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, no. That episode was so good.
0: It was fun. Really yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone got really affected on that one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reminiscing now. Like,
0: I know. I'm <laughs> gonna go back really and sweep one. through all of them again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well,
1: even some of their newer stuff is really good too. Like they've been they've been pumping out some really fun shit lately. So. Yeah.
0: Do you follow their new, like the the specials on Discovery Plus? Like the oh the yeah. Last Goldfield. Yeah, right. Goldfield was. I'll, go Every time they go to Goldfield, it's 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 always good.
1: And that's oh, why hey. they
2: keep going back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they even said he was like, this is the last time we come back to this. This episode. is closing like, the chapter. He like, <laughs> Until next time. He, he says that shit. We'll
1: see. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. But I mean, yeah, a lot of the new stuff. I mean, I, I still watch it, even though it, it's gotten cheesy at times with, <laughs> with Zach. Um, oh, yeah. I think well, that's part of the reason I watch it so much. Is just it's like you said, it's fun to watch and they actually get some really good evidence
1: that's the thing It's, it's a tv show it's pure fucking entertainment like whether you believe what they're doing is legitimate or not is kind of beside the point like it's in, very entertaining. We, mm-hmm. of course, choose to believe because we're believers of the supernatural or believers yeah. of the paranormal. But even if you're not, that show is just fucking fun to watch. Cause yeah, yeah. Zach's yeah. Zach, he's just yelling <laughs> at ghosts and shit.
0: <laughs> Always locking Aaron into like the scariest places by himself.
1: Yes, yes, by himself. Oh, I love when Aaron starts to 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 kind of like fight back. He's like, no, put Billy in there. <laughs> Like, dude,
0: time, like. Or what's better is when they actually turn it around on Zach and lock him in. Oh, then yeah. he's screaming like a little girl. It's like, dude, you didn't fuck he, with he, Aaron so much, and you can't handle it for two minutes. No, <laughs> exactly. no, 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 no. <laughs> Zach is there to dish it. Yeah. <laughs> he's not
1: there to, to, do, to
0: do the thing. No. <laughs> yeah, no, that that wouldn't work for me. <laughs>
2: wow.
0: Well, well, thank you, ladies, so much for for joining me. Honestly, it. It was so last minute that I asked you guys to be on that. I'm like, it's not going to happen. And then you're like, sure. I was like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm really, I'm really glad that we got a chance to talk uh, some of these experiences and, and about the podcast. Um, you guys make sure to follow uh, at paranormal.putas on IG. Um, listen to that podcast. It's so much fun. Uh, even if you don't like <laughs> paranormal, like you said, it's it's just fun to listen to you guys, laugh with you guys. Um, I uh-huh. caught myself laughing with you guys today a lot for like looking like a psycho to people. work. <laughs> you know. That means a lot, it, thanks man. Thank <laughs> you so much. I, I look like a psycho for you guys, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you honestly, like you thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll
0: write a review. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, like a little review card. Please, do. <laughs>
1: there you
0: go. Awesome. Well, thank you again, uh, ladies, for coming on, and uh, we hope to hear from you guys a lot more. Yay, thank,
2: thank you. you. This was
0: for awesome. Us. <laughs>
2: awesome.
0: Thank you. Okay. Cool. There you have it, guys. Thank you so much for joining me for this monster Halloween special episode. I hope you enjoyed that interview with the paranormal putas, as uh, well as the stoner news. And that history of Halloween and the other Los muertos. Hope you guys have a safe Halloween, have tons of fun and as always, Stoners, keep it rolling.